0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting
1: entertainment.
2: What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber, Dub them ease. And Mark, it is cold here in Chicago. As the uh, And in this room. And in this room. Well, the frozen tundra from Green Bay is just making its way, well, really not even from Green Bay. It's from like, Canada. From the Canada and Antarctica. Yeah. It's just coming down. Antarctica, in the nope. north, right? It's An- in the south? Wrong. The Antarctica's in the south. The North Pole. Yeah. Santa Claus is like, here, you can have it. You can have it. And it's coming right down here into Chicago. Trying to beat the cold is what we're doing today. Got a great podcast for you. If you're sitting there going, guys, what the hell is this podcast? This is the Onside Kick where we talk about everything in I can finally say it, Mark. The world of football. The world of football. As after this Mm -hmm. week, I mean, this is Super Bowl week. Not only next week is our birthday party, which I'm going to have a special surprise for that. We got the onside kick birthday party next week. But also, we've got another pro football league that we can talk about in the AAF after the NFL season is over. But man, do we have a jam-packed show today. Going to be talking about Raiders draft, going to be looking at Cardinals draft. We're going to have Shane O'Mac on, not Shane McMahon, our follower Shane O'Mac, going to be talking a little bit about the Colts. And then we're going to wrap everything up doing our picks for the Super Bowl. Before we get into everything, though, make sure to, what am I going to promote? I'll promote the Twitter. Make sure to go to Most Valuable Podcast at Most Valuable Pod on Twitter. Mark is at the Mark Weber. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Make sure to give us all a follow and hit us up there with what you guys think of what we're talking about. But, Mark, let's talk about the first thing we've got on the docket for today John Gruden and the Raiders. So, at the Senior Bowl, which was this past Saturday, John Gruden was asked about some of the quarterbacks because his team, A, there's kind of been a little rift between him and Derek Carr this year. Plus, there's some quarterbacks that could be taken in the top five, and they've got the fourth overall pick. The quote that we got from John Gruden, though, was he was asked about a certain Kyler Murray, and this is what he said. I used to think think that a lot, until I saw Drew Brees twice a year in Tampa. Then I met Russell Wilson coming out of NC State, and now I'm watching this kid. Murray coming out of Oklahoma, and I'm putting away all the prototypes I once had. I used to have a prototype for hand size, for height, for arm strength, all that stuff. We're looking for guys that can play and do a lot of different things. They come in all shapes and sizes nowadays. I'm going to ask you this question, Mark. It is a loaded one. Mm -hmm. Will John Gruden and the Raiders draft Kyler Murray with the fourth overall pick?
3: No. No way in hell. Um, Here's the thing that John Gruden's doing. He's saying, you know... Uh, I've got the fourth overall pick, and I and I mm-hmm. saw what a, a certain uh, popular GM don't, down in the Bay mm-hmm. was doing. Uh, maybe I want to do a little bit of that, too. Mm-hmm. I love Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> you know who else is really good? Dwayne Haskins. Now, that's mm-hmm. a really, really good quarterback. You know, he's just trying to amp it up, and it's completely obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... I don't think anyone's sitting there going, Yeah, you're really gonna get rid of your four thousand yard passer Derek Carr. That's definitely gonna happen. Although Derek Carr's <laughs> attitude that he's having lately is pretty awesome. He is proving that he is a grooding grinder, <laughs> challenging Stephen <laughs> A to a fight. You know, he's just doing whatever the hell he wants. He's trying he to does stay on care. that team,
2: man. He's trying to stay on that
3: team. Does not care anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe, you know what, maybe he is sitting there going, I don't want to move to, to, to Vegas. I'll yeah. go anywhere else. Please cut me. Trade me. Mm-hmm. Do something. Um, and for him, honestly, it's probably not a great prospect as you're sitting here 27 years old mm-hmm. thinking, it's at least four years until we're probably really competing again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be old by then. So yeah. I don't know if he's excited about that.
2: I mean, for me, it's it's hard. And the reason why I say that is – I want to be on the side of, yes, he's just doing this in order to get drafted, and there's no way that any team out there is going to basically be like, hey, this is, like, I, I want it to be where, yes, I want it, want you to trade me up for it. But there's a little part of me that just goes, John Gruden's crazy. Like, John Gruden is mm-hmm. nuts these days. And I could, like, there is a thought in my mind that is like, I could see the Raiders come up to the podium, and with the fourth overall pick, the Oakland Raiders take Kyler Murray, and then they're high-fiving. They think they got their guy because the, the thing that matters is does he smell like a Raider? Like yeah. you go up to Kyler Murray and you go mm-hmm. a big old sniff, does he smell mm-hmm. like a Raider? And I think it was you that told me this on Saturday. Apparently at the Senior Bowl, they were slapping Raider stickers yeah. onto helmets. Uh, hey, hey, this guy's a raider. Gruden's we need to just, make
3: sure he knows he's a raider. He, he's an interesting guy. He's a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't imagine he's just going kind of all out for things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you know, he has to have some sort of plan. And I think that plan isn't getting rid of a really good quarterback on your mm-hmm. team for a guy who has a lot of question marks. Plus, I also look at it, and this might be some bias being here in Chicago, but I look at a team that drafted a quarterback in yep. the Chicago Bears, who and what they did with that guy. And what they did with it, which nobody thought they were going to get Mitchell Trubisky until they traded the pick. Mm-hmm. When they traded up, everyone was all of a sudden like, whoa, are they going to do it? Um, they met with him in secret. Mm-hmm. Ryan Pace didn't even tell his head coach he was going to for sure draft the well, guy because he head didn't. head coach
2: was getting fired. Well,
3: he didn't want anybody leaking yeah. that they were going to pick him because mm-hmm. they were going to sneak up and take him. So that's one thing. Another one I look at with the Kansas City Chiefs who had Alex Smith at the time mm-hmm. when they got Mahomes. People weren't really expecting them to go and uh, and not well they traded as well, actually, Mm -hmm. uh,
2: to draft Patrick Mahomes. Well, and the Saints also wanted him, too, a team that also Mm -hmm. had a good quarterback, a great quarterback. The thing
3: I'm bringing those two teams up for, though, is it wasn't like the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew the Houston Texans needed a quarterback. It wasn't like last year. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew everybody who drafted a quarterback needed a quarterback. It was a situation where teams who had— at least something they could do, Were trying to pass it off like they wouldn't need it. Mm-hmm. John Gruden can't be that dumb to sit there and go, there are three spots in front of me. I'm going to make everybody think I want a quarterback, mm-hmm. so that way anybody who does trades with those teams instead of me.
2: Well, and the thing that's kind of smart about what you just said, kind, kind of like the theory that you brought up, mm-hmm. is the, the genius of it, and there's also a dual side to it is obviously if you're going to trade with John Gruden at four, if I'm someone else, for example, the giants go, okay, we can't wait. We're going to, or the Jaguars, I'll use them. They jump up to four. Cool. Now we're ahead of the giants. What's there to think like a dolphins or Redskin, then don't trade up to two or one. That's like, yeah. great. Now they're ahead of us. You play that game. If a trade's going to happen, In my mind, it's draft night. Like, this is John Gruden basically saying, hey, guys, we're open for business. Like, we are not guaranteeing that we're not going to trade this pick. If you want it, give me a call. But, like, I think, like, draft night, you might have, like, I don't think it's the Giants. I don't think we get as close of teams where, like, the Bears were one pick behind the 49ers. But... I could see a team like Jacksonville if they really – and this is also another thing because we got this a lot on our Dolphins video. I'm not saying these teams for sure are going to trade up. If they like them, they could do – like Jacksonville Mm -hmm. could jump above. And assuming they don't
3: get somebody in free agency.
2: Exactly. I mean you've got the Broncos who we've talked about who can do it, the Dolphins, the Redskins. Like these teams could jump up then at four. And the asking price for getting the fourth overall pick is vastly different than getting the number one or number two overall picks in the draft.
3: But it's the risk then in that case Mm. of if you trade up, all of a sudden you start it. So then somebody wants to trade in front of you. And this isn't a draft like last year where you go, well, I can get Mayfield. I can get Mm -hmm. Allen. I can get Darnold. I can get Rosen. I got guys for days, even if you like Lamar Jackson.
2: Like if the Jaguars, I'll use them as an example, they trade up to four. If that happens before the draft, someone Mm -hmm. else is going to go, well, shit, we got to get to two now. And then if that happens, oh, crap, we got to get to number one now.
3: And there's only really maybe two quarterbacks you mm-hmm. take in the first round and that's even debatable in itself well, so that that's the thing where like John Gruden's really trying to sell it and I sit there mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't see who is buying what you're trying to sell I mean he's the guy in the corner yelling hey you want some of these uh t-shirts <laughs> you want t shirt I got sunglasses too you want some sunglasses mm-hmm. he's just well, yelling for anybody who maybe will be interested
2: and here's an interesting thing about it and why I like this kind of trade theory is you look at the biggest needs for the Raiders, edge rusher, defensive back and linebacker. Let's just say they keep the pick. There's a few guys they could take. They could take a greedy Williams, a guy that I had them go with in our last mock. They can take a C- Colin Farrell. They could go with a Josh Allen. If he's there, there's guys that they could take right there at, the fourth overall pick. But John Gruden might be looking at this going, hey, all three of our top needs are defense. This is a very defensive draft. I don't need to take a guy at four. It'd be great to have Greedy Williams, Mm -hmm. but I don't have to. If I trade with the Dolphins, I can get Julian Love at 13. I can get the corner out of, um, I think it's Baker, the corner out of Georgia. If I'm looking for a pass rusher, I can get Jalen yeah. Ferguson that low. Like, there are guys available at and all of positions. And you also have multiple
3: first-round picks. Yes,
2: they have two. They got the Cowboys and the Bears picks. If they wanted to trade up for someone, use mm-hmm. those picks for teams. But, like, if you're looking to get a big need with that first pick, if you're the Raiders, you can trade back and still get a guy you yeah. like. With that traded back pick, you don't need to take that at four. The thing I wonder about is for new GM uh, Mm -hmm. Mike
3: Mayock. Well, you mean puppet Mike Mayock. Maybe. I mean, you know, they brought the man in for something, right?
2: Because he won't say no to John Gruden.
3: Uh, And that's what I wonder is who is going to be the one that's in control because I wonder how that dynamic is. Mm -hmm. If you're the one in control and John Gruden's sitting here Yelling about how he loves whichever player you ask him about mm-hmm. at this moment in time. Because well, he's too John,
2: used to being... Well, I think John Gruden's in control. Well, he is hold the one on, let, in me, control. let me keep going mm-hmm. here.
3: I think that John Gruden is too used to being a commentator where he always has to say something positive about mm-hmm. anybody who he's being put in front of him. Uh, you're not going to sit there and trash one of the team's quarterbacks on mm-hmm. Monday Night Football because Good then point. you're going
2: to, you know,
3: get the wrath brought down on you. Which...
2: I will say, although I've been one and I don't know Mike personally, but as I've watched his stuff on NFL Network, Mm -hmm. I've openly called him a moron before. There you go. Um, But you bring up an interesting point. Mike Mayock, the one thing I will say about him that is good is he's not afraid to say a negative about a guy. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you try to keep it positive, but he's not afraid to throw out a negative. What if that was the reason they brought him in? Hey, not only does he know draft prospects, what if they're thinking John Gruden's too positive? He's always looking at the positive, positive. We need a guy to say, hey, John, that's great, but what about this? Just Mm -hmm. throwing that out there. I don't necessarily think think.
3: that's actually necessarily into it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going Um, off
2: of kind of like what you were saying.
3: Yeah, I'm more saying that when somebody asks John Gruden, Mm -hmm. John Gruden's going to say nice things. Yeah, he's not going to sit there and go, Kyler Murray. Fuck that guy. He's short. Yeah. You know,
2: um, or Mike Mayock might give you a realer answer.
3: Yeah, but I, I wonder. I still wonder why Mike Mayock is there. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's purely just to avoid a Chip Kelly disaster, mm-hmm. then that's one thing. But if he's really in control, I can't imagine having a personality like John Gruden's really being something that's the dream scenario for a GM. Mm-hmm. Like, you really want to deal with that. Just how Rex Ryan was kind of a nightmare situation to deal mm-hmm. with in a head coach as soon as the team started losing. Uh, and you know he's there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of money in this. Yeah. Um. So, you know, is Mike Mayock really in that control, or is it going to be a, yeah, sure, talk about whatever you want, John Gruden, I'm the one who's making the call, mm-hmm. I'm going to say who we're drafting, and we're not drafting a quarterback.
2: Yeah, it's going to be... The thing is, we won't get that answer until we see their war room. Because let's be honest, we haven't had a draft with John Gruden as a rate. Like, once we get the—because I'm going to throw the Cowboys into that. Like, what came out with um, Cole Beasley, Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was last week or, like, last week into this week because we record on a Tuesday. But he made the kind of thing on Twitter where he said— Oh, yeah, the who gets the targets? That's coming from Jerry upstairs. It don't come from Jason Garrett. Jerry tells them who gets the targets. And he goes, I wasn't getting... He's like, I don't get the targets until the two-minute drill when it was basically like, oh, this is unscripted. We're going to basically go to who's open. And that's another thing where if you look at, like, the Cowboys War Room, who's in there? Jerry Jones. Who's running the show? jerry jones and i Mm -hmm. wonder if with the raiders it's going to be a similar situation where who's running the show john gruden like the head coach is running the show which i'll be honest i'll go back to it i say this a lot the only one i've seen this work with is bill belichick he is the only coach in the whole league that i've seen be the coach be the dc be the gm and it works
3: yeah Exactly, and we'll see what happens. There's a lot of time left to John Groon's contract, Mm -hmm. so we'll see. But I think you got rid of Khalil Mack. You got rid of of Amari Cooper. And when you full-on embrace the tank, Mm -hmm. you can get rid of whoever you want. Yeah. But at this point, you're rebuilding. You've got three picks. If you're going to also then say, see you, Derek Carr. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just kind of a waste in that case. A waste of one of these three draft picks you've gotten.
2: So here's the deal. Here's what I'm thinking. Before I ask you my final question for you, here's what I see playing out. Mm -hmm. Let's say they do take Kyler Murray with the fourth overall pick. We'll play this game. What if? So if they take Kyler Murray with the fourth overall pick, for me, it's a Kansas City Chiefs situation. He is going to sit the first year under Derek Carr, Derek Carr will eat another season. In this case, it's not going to be like Alex Smith because Alex Smith actually won games and took that team to the playoffs. It's going to be, hey, you're going to eat L's all season. Just eat those L's all year. And then, oh, at the end of the year, we'll find a trade partner and we'll send you somewhere because then hopefully Kyler Murray is then ready to take the starting role. Or hopefully, hey, after another draft class, Mm-hmm. We feel confident with the pieces or some of the pieces that we're going to put around Kyler Murray heading into his second year in the league. It,
3: it's totally possible. I don't see why you wouldn't have just jumped on that last mm-hmm. year because you had uh, one more year of Derek Carr, even though he had great yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't. He wasn't amazing with uh, his touchdowns. Well, I mean, this but this he doesn't have people to throw the ball to either. This
2: year was assessing the situation for John.
3: I, I doubt that. I mean, John Gruden is supposed to be the quarterback guru. He mm-hmm. probably knows these quarterbacks decently. He would have known if he wanted a guy like Derek Carr if he wants his own guy.
2: It's like, and I I can't remember where I heard this. It was, I think, one of the former players or former executives on um, ESPN. One of the things they always say is when if you're a coach that gets that first job or a GM that gets that first job, the first year, don't make any big moves. Kind of just go through the year. You mean the opposite of what, what got. John Gruden did? Basically, yeah. yeah. Like if if it would have been exactly that, you wouldn't have traded Khalil Mack. You wouldn't have traded um, mm-hmm. Amari Cooper.
3: But the the thing that you got to think about too is if you're trading this guy, uh, he's about to turn 28, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me sad because Derek Carr's the same age as me yeah. and. He's a lot more successful than I am. Uh, But, you know, you have this 28-year-old guy. If you give one more year, he's 29 years old. Mm -hmm. Alex Smith, it's not like you got a first for Alex Smith if you're the Chiefs. Um, You're probably, if you traded a 27-year-old quarterback, you might be able to get some nice draft capital out of it. Mm -hmm. You trade a 29-year-old quarterback, you're going to probably get quite a bit less.
2: Yeah, they got um, Kendall Fuller. So cornerback Kendall Fuller and a third-round pick in that year's upcoming draft, which was a 2018 draft. Yeah, so not that thir- exciting. A third and a corner for Alex Smith, um, who was that after year—I think after year one of his uh, four-year contract um, that was underway— Yes, yeah. So he was one year in, I think, to his four-year deal. Last question I was going to ask you about this. If a team is going to trade with the Raiders, who is it? Let's say we get to draft night, the fourth pick comes up. Who's that team that, or I'm sorry, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, whatever sound it is. Which team is trading for Kyler Murray on draft night?
3: I'll f- I'll answer your question, but I'll first say I don't think anybody does. Okay. For Kyler Murray, and I don't think anybody does with the Raiders. But to answer the question as the if somebody if did, yeah. uh, if somebody did, I would say it'd be the Miami Dolphins. Hmm. And the reason why is because if we're going to go into this Ryan Tannehill's gone type of thing, mm-hmm. they get a new coach in there. Jacksonville's an actually attractive destination for a free agent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos will be an attractive destination for a free agent quarterback. Miami is not, mm-hmm. and not because it's in Miami. That'll be a wonderful thing. That's mm-hmm. the selling point. Um, the team itself is probably not the best seller.
2: I'm gonna go with two.
3: I can the only see one, one gets of two to do teams. It.
2: Fine, one. The Redskins. My other dark horse, though, honorable mention: the Denver Broncos. So. Denver's an honorable mention because it all depends on Vic. Mm -hmm. I believe if Vic Fangio or even if John Elway falls in love with Kyler Murray, they could be trading up. Because for Vic, if Fangio falls in love with Kyler Murray, he might tell John, hey, you know what? My My old team did this. They got their guy, and look at what happened to them. I like this guy. Believe in me. Who says that they actually do it? John Gruden, who said, or John John Elway, who says that he would actually listen to Vic Fangio? Nobody. That's why I didn't say. Um, the Denver Broncos, for sure. But the Redskins, you got to look at this. The thing that's going to be interesting with them at 15 as we get into our next mock draft, there are NFL draft analysts, like the guys that actually give the grades, that after the Senior Bowl are putting first round grades on Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. If that's the case. Yep. The Redskins have a choice to make. Do we take one of those guys at 15, or do we trade all the way up to four for Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray? They could be a team to me that looks at it and goes, hey, Alex Smith ain't playing this year. Colt McCoy ain't playing this year. We got the Sanchez here because no free agent wanted to come here. I could see them rolling the dice and trading up for a Kyler Murray because although he is not exactly like this player, they did... Take RG three in the past, and I could see that coaching staff, Jay Gruden, falling in love or at least liking Kyler Murray enough to want to trade up and get him at number four because the Dolphins, they can just tank and get to a next year. Like that that would be fine. Anybody can them. tank
3: and get a quarterback. Basically,
2: next year. like they that kind of seems in looking at our Dolphins segment, that's what Miami fans are kind of, I think, hoping for is take a defensive player, tank next year, get to uh the Broncos are pretty much in the same boat. Take a defensive player, tank for next year. The Redskins are at that spot where it's like, Hey, we had a quarterback and we were in the playoff hunt and I don't wanna go back to not being in that playoff hunt. But any final thoughts before we move on into Our next team. The only thing I want to put out there, just because we've been talking
3: about Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. being the number one quarterback a lot, uh, I'm not completely sold on that. I'm not completely Uh, sold on him even being in the
2: first round. Yeah, I would take Dwayne Haskins, and I did not have him in the first round, mainly because we do not know if he would pick the NFL over baseball. That's the main thing. But let us know what you guys think down below about what if the Raiders, like, will they take Kyler Murray? Is this just a smokescreen to get a team to trade for Kyler Murray? What are your thoughts down below in that comment section? Let us know. But, Mark, let's move on. The next team we are looking at, we're sticking with the kind of um, draft kind of theme here. I was going to say topic, but duh, we're in a topic. But the draft theme, and we're taking a look at the Arizona Cardinals. And this is a team you might think, well, guys, you talked about in your last mock, if a team could trade up for the number one pick. And that's great. A team could trade up for number one. But the question I want to ask here, and I'm actually changing it from a little bit from what's on our rundown, is who could the Cardinals take with the first overall pick? Because obviously I'll just throw it out there to get it out of the way. There's the well, Cliff Kingsbury said he liked Kyler Murray and that he would take him with the number one pick. There, I said it. It's out there. You said Do, it
3: on the on the mock draft if
2: too. You want to if you want to take it and talk about that, you can. But the thing I want to go with both you and I, in our last mock, and this could change by the next one, mm-hmm. but as of right now, both had Nick Bosa going at number one. A recent mock draft I saw, I think it was an NFL.com mock, had Quinn and Williams going number one to the Arizona Cardinals. Mark, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, or just in general, tell me who you could see. The Cardinals Mm -hmm. taking number one overall when we get to the NFL draft.
3: Well, Nick Bosa has always been the obvious pick. Um, He's been the obvious number one. And, you know, there are concerns for him with health and things Mm -hmm. like that. And also for him being like, nope, see a team. I'm Mm -hmm. bailing. Um, That could possibly concern some people. The combine is going to be very important for Nick Bosa because he needs to have the conversations, he needs to win some GMs over. Yeah. But the Arizona Cardinals are an interesting spot because, you know, really what they need most, in my eyes, and they have a lot of needs. They can go defensive end, corner, tackle, uh, defensive tackle, that is. They can get a wide receiver. They need pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, What they really, really need is help at the offensive line because Josh Rosen desperately needs it. Mm -hmm. Sure, a running back, or he's got a running back, a wide receiver would be nice. Someone to throw the ball to you would be fantastic. You know, um, Larry Fitzgerald is uh, doing his best out there, but you need a little bit of something extra, right? So what I would love to see them do is actually to pass on Nick Bosa and to go for, like, a Jonah Williams. Mm -hmm. You know, get yourself a very solid offensive lineman, uh, a guy who can be a rock for your team. You have options. You have plenty. It's not a sexy thing to do uh to go ahead and just take an offensive lineman at number 1 overall. Really when you're talking about that number 1 pick, you want somebody who scores touchdowns or somebody who hits the guy throwing those touchdown passes mm-hmm. like a defensive end or something. That's why Nick Bosa is such an obvious pick. Uh but really what this team desperately needs is that offensive line help. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you you got to be pretty bold to be able to do it, but I say you go with an offensive lineman.
2: Yeah, I mean, going offensive line, for me, wouldn't be too crazy because, let's be honest, I in our last mock, I had Jonah Williams going at three, so what's mm-hmm. to say, like, three compared to one? But, like, this is tough for me because I've just dove into my film breakdowns for the player profiles that I'm going to start doing um, very soon for the channel, and... I started with Nick Bosa because I'm like, hey, he's the number one, like the number one guy right now. And although because 2018 was a small sample size, I had to dive back into 2017. And the thing that I started with was I looked at a, um, I think it was the Draft Network, their kind of profile for him. And they said his worst game on film was the Wisconsin 2017 game. So I'm like, I'm going to watch that from the Big Ten Championship game. And boy, was it bad. He got no penetration. They basically were like, hey, we're just going to make sure you can't get to the quarterback. And he was basically obsolete in that game. They said his best film was the Michigan game from 2017. And I watched it and I'm like, okay, he's better than the Wisconsin game. But I still wasn't impressed. And the thing that with me, and I'll give you a small sample. This is the one thing that I don't like about Nick Bosa's game is that I feel like he doesn't have a second move. Like, for Nick Bosa, it's this is what I got to get past you. Oh, I can't get past you? right, Like, that's, like, the whole time I'm watching his film, I'm like, dude, hit him with a spin move, man. Like, punch him, hit him with that spin move, go around the corner, get to the quarterback. Or hit him with a swim move, and get past. And it seemed to me the only times he was getting to a quarterback was if he beat the guy off the edge, if I was quicker than you. And the whole time I'm thinking, if you're not quicker, now getting to the rush I will say he's good at, but the quarterback is what I'm looking at mostly. If you're not beating a guy with your first step in college, you're not going to beat an NFL lineman. And number two, if you do not have a second move in the NFL, you're going to be obsolete as a pass rusher. You have to have, whether it's a swim move, whether it's a spin move, you need something as a defensive end. Now, if he was an outside linebacker, it would be a different story because then he can come off the edge unblocked. But as a defensive end, you're going to be blocked coming off the end unless schemes kind of help you out. And I just think because of that, it opens the door for the Cardinals to say, should we draft someone else with the number one overall pick? Could be offensive line like you said. You know who else it could be? Could be Greedy Williams. They do need a cornerback. Could also be Quinn and Williams who, like I said, in the mock that I looked at was not um, the NFL.com. It was uh, Cardinal uh, cards wire for USA Today. Um, was that mock, they could take a Quinn and Williams at number 1 and totally pass on Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm.
3: The other thing to think about, too, is if the Cardinals will actually be running that air raid offense. Mm -hmm. um, If they do, and this will be seen as a reach probably for quite a few people, you could go ahead and go grab like a Marquise Brown or something like that. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a quality wide receiver.
2: If you're going to do that, then trade the pick. Well, for sure,
3: but, I mean, that's always an option to trade the pick. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, you could go ahead and go for one of that. If you're truly going to say, we're going to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game, we need people to do it because Christian Kirk is there, but Christian Kirk is he's going to need something. I mean, Uh he's kind of like in that T.Y. Hilton type of... Um, scenario, what the the Cardinals are going to want him to do. I mean, they are
2: getting Fitzy back. They will. back for another year.
3: For another year, (laughs) luckily, because they desperately Mm. need it. But, you know, they're going to have to realize that someday he's not going to come back. Mm -hmm. uh, And you got to do something at that point. But plus, if it truly is an air raid type of offense, I'd rather have three wide receivers than two.
2: Yeah, and I mean, the thing that makes it the trickiest is, like I said, the Cardinals have so many different ways that they could go. Like, if you look at NFL.com, the big three needs that they have, we listed them all off. Yeah, Offensive line, you just said wide receiver. That's the second one. And then I brought up Greedy Williams, which is um, the cornerback situation. Um, the thing, like, would Nick Bosa be a bad number one pick? No. However, the other question that you have, and this is like the part that we're in now that makes it interesting is we've still got—you've mentioned it. we still got the combine. Like, the combine, the medicals from there, the interviews from there, he's going to be asked about his core muscle yeah. that he injured this season. And he's going to be asked about the rehab of it because teams are going to be like, okay, let's give you the benefit of the doubt— you left to rehab for us. How is that going? Like they they're going to want to see that it is going well, not just a oh, well you took off time from school and it didn't get yeah. better from there. Not saying that it's not, not saying that he's not working on it. I'm just saying that And you what might even have asking.
3: people asking the fact of like, "Hey, you gave up on your team." Some you coaches might say that, yeah. Because honestly, I totally get it and I'm not going to blame mm-hmm. a player from putting their health first because if that injury happens and ruins your chance to get millions of and dollars,
2: did the same you're thing.
3: screwed. Uh, but at the same time, it's a team sport. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be competitive. You're supposed to want to win those national championships. I want to see you going out there and doing it. You know, I want to see you go play for your coach. I want to see you play for your teammates. I want to see you out there. I want to see you playing because I don't want you, for my team, mm-hmm. to sit there and say, hmm, I don't know. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I'll sit out the rest of the year.
2: And another thing, too, that I kind of sit there and think is I'm thinking about trading the pick. And the reason why is not only if you look at teams like the Titans who traded theirs to the Rams, if you look at the uh, Browns who traded theirs to the Eagles, the 49ers who traded their pick to the Bears, Not only is it a first-round thing, not only is it usually, especially with a first-overall pick, that you're getting a first-rounder next year, you're also sometimes getting smaller picks in this same draft. And right now I look at it for Arizona, they've got seven picks. They got the first pick for rounds one, rounds two, three, four, five, six, and seven. That first pick is all Arizona. That's all they've got. What, like, is there any kind of a pull to say, hey, yes, jo- yes jo- or Nick Bosa, I almost said Joey Bosa. Yes, Nick Bosa would be nice. Yes, Quinn and Williams would be nice at number one. Yes, taking a Jonah Williams and saying, you know what, we need that offensive tackle, we're going to take it. But what if trading, let's say, a Giants, a Jacksonville, all the teams that we've basically said need a quarterback. What if they said, "Hey, let's do that. We can still take mm-hmm. a Greg." Like, and this is all to who they like. If they like Greg Little, he'll still be there. You've got, like I said, Julian. Yeah, there's Lund gonna be guys that could be there that, late, that fit everything. A Marquise Brown, like you said, wouldn't it be more of a pull to say, "Hey." Mm-hmm. Let's trade back on the first, yeah. get that. I don't but also get mm-hmm. some more. Like, I don't think there's rental.
3: ever a team out there mm-hmm.
2: who will ever say, I don't like draft picks.
3: Yeah. Who are <laughs> ever going to say, no, thank you. I don't want your first, your third and next year's first. Yeah. No one's ever going to say no. Thank you to those picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I said first, third and first for really no reason. Don't. Yeah. No one needs to read into that. Um, you know. But the thing is, like, unless you are that team who, like the um, the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. from last year, who all they really needed was a better quarterback and they probably would have beat Tom Brady. Yeah. If they had it and they went out there and they drafted the best quarterback ever, I'm not even going to say it was any of the quarterbacks last year. Like, They just went out there and they drafted Aaron Rodgers in his prime. That is mm-hmm. the one time a team will say no thank you, we won't take your draft picks. Well, I
2: mean, just to use it as an example, and I do quite a bit here, when Tennessee and L.A. made their trade, mm-hmm. Tennessee sent the first overall pick, a fourth and a sixth yeah. to L.A., and they got back a first a, a first and two seconds and a third, plus a first and a third the yep. next year just yeah. for that one No one's going to say that the Cardinals shouldn't
3: trade down if it's an option Mm -hmm. my point is always going to be this i doubt it's an option
2: get the guy you want
3: no it's not that my point is who really wants to trade up to number one overall in this draft what are you trading up for
2: a quarterback that's it like but they're not that good no 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 and that's the thing you Mm -hmm. and i might sit here and say they're not that good what i could see playing on this goes into the last topic that we just talked about This could turn into a two-quarterback arms race is kind of a little bit of supply and demand. Last year, we had a ton of supply to where the demand for a trade, although we got some, Mm -hmm. the demand for a trade was not that high. It was also because the top
3: teams were the teams that needed them.
2: Exactly, that too. But here, because A, the top teams are not the teams that need them, and because B, there's only two of them, the supply is low mm-hmm. and the demand but is high. But you're ignoring free agency. Now, free like free agency could change things. And, that's the and it will. And that's things. the beautiful thing about this. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, this is what I think. Free agency happens, a Joe Flacco trade but happens, I don't and it think, changes things. When it
3: comes to trades, though, mm-hmm. I don't think we can ignore that. Yes, currently there are about four teams that could take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. There are two quarterbacks in this draft that are probably going to get taken in the first round, mm-hmm. and there are at least two quarterbacks who are worthy of. Being a free agent quarterback. And
2: and another thing to go in this is let's say, with free agency, some of the guys, let's say like a Joe Flacco doesn't Mm -hmm. go somewhere that we expect him to go and there's a wild card that um, traded for him, or like he goes to one of these teams and only takes one of them out. The other thing in this draft alone is you've got Daniel Jones, you've got Drew Locke, you've got Will Greer, where Some guys might fall in love with them and find out, how do I get them? And that doesn't mean trade up. But what could happen is X team trades up to four. Then, oh, crap, X team trades up
3: to two. Yeah, what we talked about last segment.
2: What I could see happening, and this is to me the only way right now that this pick gets traded, is if, let's say, a Washington moves up to four. Okay, and this would all have to happen before the draft because, like I said, the Raider thing is interesting because I wouldn't trade up to four unless like the quarterback I want is there on draft night. But mm-hmm. let's say Redskins move up before the draft. Then a team like Jacksonville goes, crap, we want Dwayne Haskins. We want to make sure he's there. They trade up to two. The only way I see the Arizona pick getting traded is if both of those two picks get traded and the Giants sit there and go, well, fuck, we want Dwayne Haskins or we want Kyler Murray, Mm -hmm. and make a trade with the Cardinals to get their guy at number 1. That's the only way I see this getting traded is with the Giants.
3: Yeah, it would kind of have to be this bidding war type of thing, but I just don't think it's going to be there. And we're just so used to Mm -hmm. trades for quarterbacks right now that we're kind of forgetting that, Sometimes it doesn't happen, yeah, Um, and that's kind of a recency thing because Mm -hmm. the last two drafts, uh, there's been a ton of quarterbacks Mm -hmm. taken, a ton of teams that need them. There are way less teams that need quarterbacks this year. Mm -hmm. There are a fair amount of available quarterback options, and if these Miami Dolphin fans are correct and they're Mm -hmm. saying that Ryan Tannehill is gone, there's another one that's available for you. But I just can't imagine any team not saying, let's just sit, Mm -hmm. let's wait, let's see what the Cardinals do. And that's all that really matters for this segment, but I think it'll follow with the well, 49ers and the Jets as well.
2: The last question I want to ask you is the one thing that I've mentioned, but we haven't really hit on. Mm-hmm. What if they did take a guy like Quentin Williams with number one? What would your yeah. thought be if Goodell goes to the podium with the first overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals take Quentin Williams out of Alabama?
3: I mean, specifically Quentin Williams, I I think I'd be okay with it. I mean, he's kind of. He's got fall potential Mm -hmm. because of off-the-field things, but um, I would be—honestly, I'm not going to get mad at the Cardinals for doing anything except for drafting a quarterback.
2: Like, that's the only position that they shouldn't draft.
3: Because it's the only position they don't need. I (laughs) mean— I mean, you could say they don't need a running back either.
2: There is a contingency, and I don't know why there is, Mm -hmm. because Brandon's in this contingency Um, that say that Josh Rosen should be traded and that the Cardinals should take their quarterback. People
3: like to make a decision immediately when a guy Mm -hmm. is a young quarterback and then they don't want to get off of it. Look at Josh uh, uh, Goff.
2: He's in the Super Bowl. He's in the
3: Super Bowl. With the right coach. Right. He just (laughs) needed to have his uh, time and his ability Uh to get through it. Sometimes that happens.
2: So this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. For the Cardinals, what would you do? Would you take Nick He's the first year number one pick? Would you hit one of their needs, whether that's a Greedy Williams, whether that's a Jonah um, Williams or a um, Greg Little? Is it a Marquise Brown, like Mark brought up, maybe being kind of a reach there? Or are you saying, if I'm Arizona, I'm trading the picks, I want to get more picks later in the draft and next year? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our final topic before we get to our Super Bowl picks to end the show. And this is a special one because we've got a double first here. Not only is this a Patreon segment, and this is the first Patreon segment for Shane, but also our first non-U.S. caller, our first non- US patron Shane, or I'm going to say it like I always say, because I know he's not Shane McMahon, but I'm going to say it anyways, Shane O'Mac calling us all the way from Canada. Shane, first off, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a patron. How you doing tonight?
0: I am doing great.
2: Well, I bet you are. We're going to talk about your team, the team that every time on Twitter, Shane's messaging us. What do you think about Frank Wright and the Colts? And I'm just going to get to and ask you, frankly, right off the bat, Shane, who deserves the most credit for the Colts' success this season? Because I'll be honest, me as a non-Colts fan, I did not see them being as good as they were this year in 2018.
0: Um, For me, the most credit, I'm going to give it to two people, okay? Okay. I'm going to share the credit. One has to go to Frank Reich. And then the next guy who deserves a lot of credit has to be GM Chris Ballard, because if you look at the, the off season he had, he was heavily criticized for the moves that he did not make. Right, so a lot of a lot of people like if you look at NFL Network, like this last off season, there were so many people picking the Colts to go two and fourteen, three and thirteen because of the, col- the moves that Colts ne- didn't make. Because they had over a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred million dollars in cap space, but with with Frank Reich, it's that it's that quick passing game that he brings, which looked very familiar. Like it was very similar to what Philly ran in the Super Bowl, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I would I would share I would I would go fifty fifty with Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, but that offensive line really helped Andrew Luck and being able to get that ball out of his hands really quickly.
3: Yeah, I I think that that offensive line, I'm glad glad you bring them up because I think they deserve a lot of credit for as clean as they were able to keep Andrew Luck. That is incredibly valuable, and it's something that for a guy who was injured, tried to get back into it, but couldn't really get back in uh, because he didn't give himself the time to heal. You know, that's so incredibly important to keep him healthy Um, there's a lot of credit that needs to go around. I mean, you got a GM who makes the right decisions. You've got a head coach who coaches the team well, who gets everybody performing to the level they should be. You look at a team that was kind of underperforming itself for a while and being able to bring that forward and get more out of them, especially when at the beginning of this season, things weren't looking the hottest for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you get to, let's see... Yeah, that four game losing streak mm-hmm. when you're a team that's five and one going into that Bills game. And it looks like yet another disappointing season, but no, it just turned around and they were able to go on on a great win streak, followed by another win streak into the playoffs. So I think that Frank Reich deserves probably the most credit although there's a lot of credit to go around in a lot of places because he was able to get this team moving even when they were starting to not do as well as they had hoped, getting everybody to turn it around, perform better, give more to the team, but also just learn the offense, learn what they want, learn what they need to do and become a better team because of it. Um, So the one person, Frank Reich, although I will say one thing, it is pretty easy At least easier when you've got a certain uh, Andrew Luck out there.
2: Yeah, and I mean there's part of me that wants to give Andrew Luck the credit. Not like, yes, he is the main reason, but like the thing that I was actually talking to. So um, I did something this weekend that I haven't done in a long time. I went back to my alma mater to call a basketball game. And the SID um, at my alma mater is an Indian and a Pacers fan. And he was even saying, like, if you think about Indiana sports, like, go back with it. Peyton Manning injury, Andrew Luck injury, now the Victor Oladipo injury. Just seems like any, like anywhere in Indianapolis sports, you can find an injury that has happened to their team. And many people before this season, I mean, you and I even on this podcast, Mark, were like, oh, well, is Andrew Luck going to come back? What kind of Andrew Luck are we going to see? How long? Like, we were all concerned that, oh, my God, he's not throwing real footballs. He's throwing miniature footballs. He's not even throwing real footballs. And to me, I think there needs to be a little credit for Andrew Luck to go well, out it also the way was he did.
3: His best year.
2: it Exactly. It was his best year. But I am – it's hard because I want to give credit to Andrew Luck. I want to give credit to Frank Reich. But, like, to me, it all comes down to Ballard. And the reason why, as I look at the last two – draft classes for this Colts team going out in 2017 with that 15th pick and going, we're going to take Malik hooker. We're going to go ahead because that was a pick where they didn't have to go with Malik hooker there. They could have went different ways. And then with me this past year, kind of nailing it down where it's like, not only did you get Quentin Nelson with the sixth overall pick, you also got Darius Leonard who turned into a great pick in the second round. So I mean, the the question that I want to kind of throw at you, Shane, you being the Colts fan in the room is you've had two good to me, I'm going to say two good draft classes from Ballard. Do you expect that just to be even better this year in 2019 and what are you kind of now that you're focusing on the draft, where do you think Ballard's going to go? to keep the success going?
0: Honestly, I think... um, I think we need an under-receiver, to be honest. Because if you look at, like, when when teams locked down T.Y. Hilton, we pretty much had nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we need more help it, with the pass rush. Because we can't rely, rely on that secondary to shut down, especially with the scheme that our DC runs. It's, it's not v- very, like, secondary friendly, if you know what I mean, because it's cover two. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's very reliant on having a good pass rush, being, with, being able to rush four up front.
3: And there's certainly going to be a lot of options to, to kind of help out for that. Even with the Colts not being at the very top of the draft, they're going to have mm-hmm. plenty of options for uh, for pass rush, but they're also going to be in a really nice prime spot for that wide receiver mm-hmm. uh, if that's the option that they go in. You know, it, it's interesting when you look at the Colts team because uh, they were looking so hot and they were looking like a team that could go to the Super Bowl uh, as they were storming right into the playoffs Uh, and then they just hit the brick wall, and and then things just kind of fell apart. And what it reminds you is that despite the team being really good and looking really good, uh, they're just not there yet, Mm -hmm. and they need another good draft class. And honestly, another good draft class might be all it really takes to get them to that point where they can take that step forward.
2: Well, and that's like a question that – because I know, Mark, I said it to you maybe like two weeks ago. Shane, I'll ask it to you is – As a Colts fan, do you believe or are you starting to see like, you know what, this Colts team, this could be the start of the Colts dynasty where if we look back and like, oh, man, they win this and this and this and we're looking back at maybe a Colts dynasty, we would look back and go, man, that 2018 season, this was the start of it. Is that how special this last season could be for the Colts?
0: I think it's sense, special. It's funny you say Dynasty because Colin Coward actually said that like a week ago on his show or something.
2: It's probably where I got it from. I'll be completely honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'll make a comparison here. The 2017 Colts draft class is very, I think, are building stones like the 2017 Saints one because mm-hmm. the Saints got Ryan Ramchek, um, that corner, Lattimore, and then that, those building pieces. The Colts have really good. Pieces I got out of the 2018 draft class, Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, Rookie of the Year. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, I think I think this could be the start of something special. I don't like throwing out the word dynasty, but I think they they're due to compete for the next ten years, in my opinion.
2: Well, and like the thing that I find funny that you say is, you're like, I don't like the word dynasty, and it's usually it's. I would say it's a good thing to not <laughs> like that word because I mean. Let's be honest, it's right like now, dream team well, exactly. right now in my life, the only like the dynasties that I've lived through, you've got the bulls in the nineties, the I'll say the Yankees in the nineties also, um a little bit of Atlanta with their dynasty in the nL. And then, like, the Patriots right now. You're missing a big one. And No, the Blackhawks in hockey. Is that the one I'm missing? I mean, yeah. sure, but also <laughs> the Lakers. Oh, that's right. The Lakers, too, at Kobe yeah. and Shaq. Um, so there's been a few, but it's like if you kind of say, like, and Mark, I'll throw this to you, if you kind of yeah. say, like, oh, this is the start of a dynasty, mm-hmm. it kind of has a cocky attitude to yeah. it, that you don't really want you want to be like oh let's stay non-cocky and then just do you want to be
3: called a dynasty once you've won like your third championship True. you know when you can look back and be like oh yeah i guess it was mm-hmm. um you don't really want to do it once you've not won one or won your first one i mean look at the seattle seahawks they win one and then everyone's like, this is the start of a dynasty they end up losing another one and mm-hmm. now look at the team it fell apart uh, those are the kind of things that can, can happen, especially if you get cocky. Look at any team who's ever declared themselves the dream team. Uh, it doesn't work. Like, you know, it, it'll like fall apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it falls apart when you say you're a dream team. Um You know, it's not very many teams can pull off a Super Bowl shuffle before the Super Bowl (laughs) (laughs) and then actually win it. Uh, It doesn't happen too often. But what I think of when it's really a dynasty, I don't know if we're truly going to get a dynasty out of these Colts. And the reason why, you know, I mean, people are going to say Andrew Luck, he's 29. So, like, maybe people are going to point to that. That's possible. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to be right in there, and Tom Brady's still there. So we're ignoring the fact that there is a dynasty there Mm -hmm. at the moment. But I really see Andrew Luck and and these Colts being very similar to a Peyton Manning and those Colts of always there and will probably win themselves a Super Bowl, maybe win themselves a couple Super Bowls, but not able to really be on that dynasty status because there's other – good teams that are just in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know what? There are plenty of promising uh, parts. I mean, you even look at a team like, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, even the Browns were looking really good last year. You get another good draft class in there, and that's a team that's also going to kind of be competing for this, hey, we're going to hang around, and we're going to be a favorite in the AFC.
2: Well, And the thing I'm also going to throw out there, too, is the – cuz like you look at the Colts season and we mentioned it where early on they were 1 and 5 to start the year and the thing i also look to is look at that run game you didn't have to me a solidified run game until week 11 once Mack Oh, once he came on the scene it was like it's a, a different completely team. different Colts team and the thing i look at for next year is if he comes out healthy to begin the year, this is not going to be a Colts team that starts out one and five where this could no. be a team where, cause I even look at it and I know I play this game a lot here on the podcast, the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. Um, but you look at that Bango game, that could have been a win. You look at the Philly win, you lose by four. That could have been a win. The overtime loss in Houston. Um, and then even like the jet game, that's four games right there that would have made you a 14-win team. And I know 14 wins is a lot, and it's like, okay, Ricky, maybe they wouldn't have been 14 wins. But if you're 14-2, and odds are you're most likely going to be the number one seed in the AFC That's a pretty safe assumption, yeah. And the thing I want to ask you, Shane, and this is more of like a next year, just next year's question, is do you think this is a Colts team that next year challenges the – Chiefs and the Patriots for home field advantage and a playoff first round bye next season.
0: I will answer it, but I'm going to I'm going to go off your last point about those the Bengals Texans and the Jets game, go okay? Ahead. Um the Bengals we were driving late in the game. If we would I think we would have won if we would have uh, if Jack Doyle wouldn't have fumbled that ball. Mhm. And then the Texans, like, that fourth down call, everyone was criticizing Frank Reich for it. No no doubt about that. Like, it was stupid how much people were calling for his head then already. But um, next year, what was the
1: question
2: again? Next year, do you think this is going to be a team that challenges oh, yeah. them for the first and second seed?
0: Um, I think it, they could, but... W- Looking at t- looking at the teams that we're playing, we're playing the NFC South, so that's mm-hmm. not going to be easy. So I think we can go eleven and five, twelve and four. That'll but, probably beat, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think our thing is in the playoffs is we need to, in order to even think about Super Bowl, we have to beat the Patriots mm-hmm. because we've never been able to do that with luck. Yeah, never.
3: And, and that's that's an important part because you know the thing about the Colts too is. In 2013, uh, they beat the Chiefs, lose to the Patriots. In 2014, Bengals, Broncos, and then lose to the Patriots. Uh, this mm-hmm. time, they beat the Texans and then lose to the Chiefs. They can always, when they're in the playoffs, they get to some good teams, uh, like you know the Patriots, the Patriots, and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and, and that's what bounces them out. And, and that's what I look at with the Colts. They're this team that is always good, it's just can they get to that point where they're going to be, you know, that better team that beats a Patriots that beats the Chiefs.
2: Well, and I mean to go off of what Shane just said, not only do they play the NFC South next year, which Atlanta and um, Carolina will be in Indy, you're going to New Orleans to play the Saints, which is always a tough game. But to me, the thing that's even harder than that, is you're playing the AFC West. And to me, i rather play the Raiders on the road and play um, Denver. Well, Denver on the road is weird because of the altitude. But the two teams that they've got on the road in those games, Kansas City, which you could probably say, well, you know what, we might be prepared for that because we got a taste of that this year in the playoffs. But... It's going to be difficult to go into KC and then play the Chargers on the road. Although I don't think next, next year is not the year that their stadium is going to be finished, correct? It's not until the year after. I think so. Next. Um, yeah. So they're probably still going to be in Carson. Um, but still, I'd rather have the Chargers in Indy than going all the way out to the West Coast to play that game. And then, like, I look at it, too. you got to play your own division which is always tough, but on top of that, your random road game that you get is you've got to go into Pittsburgh, and I know Antonio Brown may not be there, but that is another tough road game to where this schedule is going to be different, but is this team going to be able, to me, the four road games I mentioned, and Shane, I'll let you kind of respond to it first. KC, L.A., New Orleans, Pittsburgh – I know that a lot is happening free agency, the draft, but what are your thoughts just on those four home games for twenty nine or road games for twenty nineteen
0: i think if we can go i can see us going two and two in that stretch mm-hmm. if we're if if we put a good stretch together, like I can see us beating we're playing the Chargers, l a is the Chargers, right
2: yeah we're yeah. playing the chargers.
0: Yeah, I can see them. I can see them being Pittsburgh and LA.
3: It's possible. But, I mean, it's going to be tough yeah. to to be yeah. LA, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh after mm-hmm. this uh, this off season.
0: But every year is different, though. You don't don't know what happens in the
3: off season. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> And yeah, that Pittsburgh team can look completely different after the off season. So and
0: facing the NFC South. Facing Carolina might be easier than people think because of what has happened
2: to Cam Newton. Well, and that's the whole thing. Is he going to sit out? Is he not going to sit out? Like, There's a lot of questions that still have to be answered, but the one thing I will ask you, Shane, kind of to put a little nice bow on this is any final thoughts? Usually I ask this to Mark, but I'll ask it to you. Any final thoughts or something that you think we haven't mentioned in this segment before we go ahead and wrap everything up?
0: Um, one thing, I think a lot of, like, he goes very, when people mention the success of the Colts, they don't, they do not mention the DC of the Colts, Matt Eberfluss, mm-hmm. and what a brilliant job he has done, because he wasn't a Frank Reich hire.
2: Yeah, he was one, Was correct me if I'm wrong, he was one of the ones that was there before, or was he a... Because Josh McDaniels didn't hire anyone; he left before no, no, he, could even he was one anything. of the
0: ones that was there before.
2: Okay, and he got kept on because of um, Frank Reich. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, yeah and, Frank. and that's something that I know is like Fangio was one of those with uh, yeah. the Bears, where it was like you came Fox in guy. and all right, we're going to keep him. And I mean, that is that shows a kind of vote of confidence. If a new guy comes in and goes, you know what, I'm going to keep you because you know what you're doing. Because that defense towards the end, especially towards the end of the year, um, was really kind of picking up some steam and why they, in my mind, won some games late. Do you have any final thoughts, Mark, before we wrap everything up?
3: Yeah. I'm just very interested to see what they do in this draft because, like I said, one more good draft class can do a lot for Mm -hmm. this team uh, and set them up for one of those fancy uh, Super Bowl windows that people like to talk Mm. about.
2: Well, this is where you guys come in. First off, before I ask you guys, Shane, thank you guys – or thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for being a patron Um, and joining us on this podcast. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Colts fans, I want to hear from you like we heard from Shane. Who deserves the most credit for the Colts' success, and what's your outlook on the future of the Indianapolis Colts? But, Mark, let's go ahead and end the podcast with our picks for the Super Bowl. This might on YouTube be a short, short segment, but we got to make our picks because we didn't last week. And before we do... I actually have not just one – or no, it's not our podcast that had two. Ours only has one. Um, but first off, go ahead and go on to iTunes and Apple Which Podcasts. Which is good because you saved the
3: second one anyways if there was a the second one. Rate and
2: review the podcast. There's not. I was – miss, miss – uh, I got you. I got What's you. the word I'm looking for? You switched Confusing. two podcasts. Yes, I did. But make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes, rate and review the Onside Kick. And I got to give a special thanks to – I hope I'm going to say this right – Sung Hyun, I think, 86. Um, he said, five stars, excellent. One of the NFL podcasts, smiley face. Yes, we are an NFL podcast. But well, now we try, we try we're our a best pro to be. football podcast. Yeah. Because I'm going well, annu- to announce it here. We're going to talk about the AAF at least once. We're really
3: not. <laughs> we can't say we're officially a pro football. Because we don't talk football. about the CFL. No, no. <laughs> Screw the CFL until we actually talk about it.
2: Well, we I I know we will. So We're we gotta going wait to that first. Once week. it
3: happens, then we are officially a pro football you podcast. Know, you
2: know what we should do next? Whoa! Well, you know what we should do next week? Hmm. Should make our picks for week one in the AAF. That's what we should do. Well, I'm gonna
3: pick the <laughs> Memphis Express to win See, it all. So and,
2: and here's a question: I want to get their answer to this. Okay. Because I honestly had this question. Yeah. You and I do not have a team that we root for. Yep. Like you're a White Sox fan, I'm a Cubs fan. You're a Bears fan, I'm a Vikings mm-hmm. fan. I well, like the Bulls. You don't. I don't really, really care about basketball. basketball. Exactly. I mean, we we both like the Blackhawks. I mean, but we're both in the same boat of like playoff Blackhawks. Like we're not real hockey fans. Yeah, I, I mean, will go on the record and say I'm not a real hockey. But
3: fan. But my thing is, I don't like. Sp- and this is why I like football so much. I don't like sports that make me watch on random-ass days. True. If you're going to make me watch this game on a Tuesday, and then there's another one on Wednesday, and then Friday, well, I don't like that. That's
2: why I like college basketball. It's usually Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Oh, maybe a Thursday, but Saturday. Yeah. it's Too very, much. Too
3: many games. It's
2: very regular. And then you get to a tournament, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Oh, Saturday, and then a Monday. Like, it's very... In there, you know where it is. But the question to get to it is, should we pick the same AAF team or should mm-hmm. we have Well, I've already picked teams? my team. Yeah, and I've thought about picking the Memphis Express. Yeah. But I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. So They've got good jerseys. Mm-hmm. I love it's, it's the jerseys. It's mostly red, but the blue is
3: nice I with the red, white, and blue. I know. Singletary is nice. I
2: know what answer I'll get because the mm-hmm. Memphis uh Twitter will probably— um, tweet out to me, but I might do the same thing you did, and yeah. actually just tag them and say, "Hey, whichever one responds to me first, I'm your fan." Basically, I it win was, me uh, over. It was the stallions
3: who who the um, who the Express get to play. Yes, uh, the Apollos, and then the Express, and the Express responded immediately, and I was like, "All right."
2: The I'm the ol- I will say this: the only one I will not be a fan of because I think their color scheme sucks. And it reminds me too mm-hmm. much of, like, an it's they're the Alabama or the um, Pittsburgh Steelers of the league. Okay. The Birmingham Iron. They just scream, like, that hard—like, it, uh, maybe it's just their name, but, like, that— I think it's their name. are a tough team, and
3: yeah. we're, it's like— It's not often that you get to pick your team based on how their jerseys look. I know. So, right? like, this is a cool opportunity to be like, I'm just picking whichever it's one usually, I think looks pretty.
2: And I don't mean this in a bad way. It's usually, like, any girlfriend ever— Mm-hmm. That we've like had pick tournament teams for March Madness. It's usually what colors do I like better? Um, I also do not like the Hot Shots from yeah, Arizona. Hot colors. Shots,
3: I personally think are the, the worst. The Legends
2: ones. is pretty cool. I like the, per- but I'm a purple guy. Um, Memphis and the Stallions would be my two, but the Commanders are red. But I don't really, I don't have an opinion about San Antonio. But let's get into our Super Bowl picks, Mark. Yep, big game coming up. It is this a big weekend. Game. Who you got? What are your final thoughts? And who you got? Yeah,
3: this is a tough one. I st- I will say right now at this very second I still haven't actually picked who I think is going to win this game. So this is coming uh, down to the wire. So this is going to when I say who wins it, that is me making the decision literally. Uh-huh. Um and it comes down to this for me. I think that still we talked about uh, on last podcast and you guys can go listen to it. Mm-hmm. We talked about what are these things that can make them win? If the Rams defense comes out and plays the way they were supposed to be paid to play actually gets to tom brady yeah if they get to tom brady like a few years ago a denver broncos defense was able to do uh when tom brady had a not as good offensive line Mm -hmm. uh then the rams can win this i also think whichever one of these teams has the better running game probably wins this game Mm -hmm. standing off of that because i haven't liked what i've seen on todd Gurley this this playoff so far. Mm-hmm. Um CJ Anderson's been great. The Patriots running game has been fantastic because it's just an extension of the passing game half the time. Um so that's been pretty nice, but I just worry a little bit about Jared Goff being able to stand up to the pressure of the moment. I think back to and this is purely because I'm a Chicago Bears fan and I saw it. I sit back and I think of him in Chicago with a tough defense And the fans yelling at his face, and he crumbled. Mm -hmm. To be fair, so did Mitch Trubisky. You don't need to call me biased for this. I'm saying my quarterback was bad, too.
2: And also to play devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. yes, he played bad in that game, but he played pretty good in the last game in New Orleans, which was more of a recent
3: game. He did as well. Um, So maybe he can stand up to the pressure on that. I think when it just comes down to the roster, Mm -hmm. the Rams have a better roster. I look at all these pieces, excluding Tom Brady, essentially, and Gronkowski, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say the Rams are better when I just look at the two on paper. With that being said, you can never discount Tom Brady, but I'm going to do it right now, and I'm going to pick the L.A. Rams. Tom Brady loses another Super Bowl, this time to the pretty boy from uh, California. I was going to say L.A., but I don't know if he's actually from L.A., uh, so I'm going to go Jared Goff and the Rams, but Jared Goff is not going to win the MVP. MVP is probably going to go to like Aaron Donald,
2: CJ Anderson, if they win.
3: No, I I would think it'd be like a Don, uh, Aaron Donald because he sits on Tom Brady's face like
2: four times. He is from Kentfield. He went to college in Kentfield, California. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't
3: say L.A. I don't know where Kentfield is. Well, I'm going to
2: look it up right now.
3: So, so, but yeah, I I can see. If they win, I think run game's a big part, but I really do think that defense is. Uh, but maybe I'm just feeling it because of Nick Foles, and Nick Foles is giving me false hope.
2: He's a San Fran boy. Okay, it's about a little bit north of uh, San Francisco, so he either he would have been an Oakland guy, he would have been a Raider guy. Mm. John Gruden would have liked to be. Well, him. He not anymore. Like
3: a Raider, not anymore because <laughs> now they're now uh, almost in Las Vegas. Here's what I'm thinking:
2: the Patriots are really effing good, right? The Patriots are really good. Most would say, um, yeah. I am going to go and just say the Patriots win this game. Um, the way I'm looking at it is this. Yes, I know they lost last year. Yes, I know they won the year before. Yes, I know they've lost two other times, but that was to an Eli Manning and a Nick Foles. But let's be honest, um, though.
3: Jared Goff's kind of weird looking, Yeah, but and let, so are those guys. But
2: what division do the Rams play in, Mark? The NFC what? West. It's not the East. Yeah. Only the East can beat the the only division from the NFC that can beat Tom Brady is the one that Tom Brady's in on the AFC side, and that is the NFC East because the Rams are in the. A- no, that's not really what I'm going with. I just think that Tom Brady's going to come to play. I don't think the Rams' defense is going to get to Tom Brady. Zero sacks in the game for. The Rams, Tom Brady is going to stay off of his back. I think it's going to be more of like a score we saw last year. I'll say the Patriots score 41, the Rams get 30. So 41 to 30 or, you know what, I'll say 41 to 31 um, is what we'll say. The defenses won't really matter in this one. Um, But that's what I'm going to go with. The Tom Brady, because... The defense of the Rams will not be able to get to him. Jared Goff might struggle early and then pick things up, but it might be too little too late. Patriots walk off into the sunset yeah. with a Super Bowl championship. Here's the last question I have for you prop bet. The mm-hmm. over under is set at seven plays. Does Tony Romo get more than that correct or less than that correct more. during the broadcast? More. Obviously. I agree. I love the answer that I heard for that when it was asked was uh, more. He's a quarterback and he knows the Patriots really, really well. So he's just going to know what the Patriots are going to do every time they go out there. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Who is going to win this game? What's your score? What are you expecting from it? Also, thank you guys for listening. We're at the end of the podcast. Make sure to go over to patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast and support MVP. We cannot do what we do without the support of our patrons. Thank you to Shane O'Mac for joining us tonight. Make sure to go on to Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Rate and review um, the Onside Kick on iTunes as well as all the other podcasts on Most Valuable Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. Check out Mosvelpodcast.com, where you can catch MVP each and every day. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.